listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live on a Monday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. AJ's coming out hot today, baby. You, it's going to be the second segment we talk Cowboy, or we talk his take on Belichick, but don't miss it. But 20 after the hour, I assume. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where the Cowboys season comes to an end. The Bills and Chiefs both dominate their wild card matchups, and the Rams and Cardinals face off for the final spot in the divisional round. What is the Vegas lead? You know, I noticed uh, McKenzie will write a draft of the headlines, which he's actually gotten decent at. And, you know, I don't usually follow it, but still, it's nice to have that idea. This one, he must have spent more time. You know, he is the first cousin of Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> he took a lot of heat when they were in a bad, you know, bad way this year, the 49ers. But this is the most clever. Down goes Dallas, which echoes <laughs> Howard Cosell's call of Joe Frazier when he wasn't even born yet. Mackenzie, how much time did you spend contemplating the headline of that? That particular headline, nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, what's your, and what's your average per headline? 45 seconds. Uh-huh. At least he admits it. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> so that is interesting. So, I, But we got to start on the Dallas, the Vegas lead, the Dallas Cowboys. A big, big disappointment. And you know what? I'm going to explain how big of a disappointment it is, at least long term. So it's been a quarter century since Dallas has made the conference finals. Made it. Once you make it, Every fourth year, you're going to win a Super Bowl, assuming that you're an average team amongst those four, which means, hey, this year, if Green Bay makes it, every four times they did that, they should win a Super Bowl. Every two times, you should make a Super Bowl, right? Because if you just imagine flipping coins, half the time, you're going to win the conference championship. Half the time, you're going to win the Super Bowl. Half times a half is one in four. So Dallas hasn't made it. They've made it zero times in a quarter century. So how long till they win a Super Bowl? Infinity, apparently, <laughs> because you got to make the conference final. I mean, imagine Dallas making the conference finals next year and losing. Then imagine Dallas making the conference finals, winning, making the Super Bowl, and losing. It's like Jerry would have a Jerry would be firing everyone. <laughs> you would think it's that far from actually winning it all. Thus, we got to start there. All right, the Dallas Cowboys fall 23-17. The Niners cover all numbers as road underdogs and send the Cowboys packing. Down goes Dallas, as McKenzie says. <laughs> oh, nine minutes of work there. <laughs> Yell brain, nine minutes. Da- okay, I'll accept it. 
I'm going to let you start and represent the masses. Because you got to take, it's pretty massy. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's a dope. He's a bad coach. <laughs> At least you're saying it clean, you know? And right now, you know, a lot of people are nodding, going like, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, Mike McCarthy, who last year, undisciplined team in Dallas. This year, they got even less disciplined. Led the team, led the league in penalty yards this year. Okay. So, how how was Dallas's penalty yards? Let's look this up. How was Dallas's penalty yards, let's say, in the prior three seasons before that? Because my guess is this isn't about the coach, but go ahead. Uh, They were bottom 10 in penalty differential last season. So, I don't know about beyond before Mike McCarthy, but you may be right. Before they may have been undisciplined before him. Because let's be honest, the Jerry Jones culture is not about being buttoned up. It's about Mike Orvin. It's about win, and it doesn't matter. It's kind of like the old school Raiders, but go ahead. But the question to me is, what is Mike McCarthy, what, what is he doing well? What, what, is, what is his strength? He doesn't have his hands on the offense. We know that. He doesn't have his hands on the defense. Now, but do it, you prefer a head coach that does? Because a lot of people feel, unless it's one of the true geniuses, that what Tomlin does, who doesn't have his hands in offense or defense directly, he's not playing, calling plays, is you're supposed to set culture and you're supposed to be, as Lombardi talks about, a problem solver. Well, oh, look, there's problems on the special teams. Let me step into here and help. Because as a head coach, you're supposed to know it all. The new age head coaches are usually offensive gurus right. that really don't do a lot of other things. How many championships have they won, those guys? Zero. I, and I tend to agree. I prefer the way like Mike Tomlin is sort of a CEO, but also if you're gonna if that's your job, you should have a pretty disciplined team. It seems like to me, which they don't. And you have to whatever the answer is. You, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to take the blame for the results. Okay, and the results were a twelve or what were they twelve and five, right? Yep. So a twelve win season, a division title, and. In a game that, uh, you know, Moneyball, right? Let's think about Moneyball now. And I'm having a mental block. What's the San Fran guy? Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Billy Bean, you know, formerly of San Fran, said, listen, making the playoffs is skill, because in that case, there's 162 games. Winning or losing in a seven game series has a ton of luck. Well, to whatever degree seven-game series have a ton of luck in baseball, one and done in football and NFL has huge luck to it. So could this just be a couple of plays, and if it went the other way, we'd have a whole different tune? That, you know, we didn't know that McCarthy was bringing the culture in, but it's about winning. It's about letting these players have their space to do their thing. I mean, we could be spinning this with one win another way, right? So is it really, a play? quite frankly, a play at the end of the game that I think was very emblematic of your complaints that Run, running a draw with 14 seconds left with no timeouts mm-hmm. not a, if that play went through Mike McCarthy's headset and Which he said supposedly he said it did and he said yep let's do that I just don't understand where that makes sense well doesn't Kellen Moore get the he should plan? too absolutely he's he supposedly a hot coaching prospect people want him and Dan Quinn people want to hire and that's the point that we need to get straight right now the modern NFL and think about this for a second. Who are the coaches that's been hired recently? It's usually offensive guys that are young, and thus they have it feels modern what they do, and they have no head coaching experience at any level, even high school. <laughs> and you know what? That can work if you have a mentor. Let's give, you know, to me, the whole Rams and the boy genius stuff, I don't like. But let's give McVay credit or whoever was deciding this. 
They brought in Wade Phillips to say, hey, you've got that side of the ball. You're a senior guy. You're a former head coach. You pretty much were going to have two different coaches in a way. And then what happened? After three or four years, he was mature enough. He was ready to say, I'm going to take over the defense in a way by having my guy go. They pushed Wade Phillips out. So I like that. You know, if somehow Moore is a genius or a brilliant guy, and I don't see that, quite frankly. I don't either. But if he is. Then make sure that you keep Quinn in there. Make him kind of like a second head coach. That's interesting, right? But in general, what's happening, and now Cincinnati, there's a whole kind of reevaluation of the coach. That, hey, listen, that guy's not very good. I agree. <laughs> and, and, and now he looks good, right? Because they won a game. So I just wonder how much of this, like if we go back from this game, what is it about McCarthy that you don't like? Is it the game management? Because in general, I think you're going to agree more with his punting and field goals than you are the, the quote-unquote modern way. Like who, who would you rather game manage? I thought that he, the only call that was questionable for him on, on fourth downs was they were down. They were at their 33, down 23-7 in the third quarter, and and they gave the ball away fourth and two. I thought that was probably a bad choice. Other than that, you're right. For the most part, I, I agree with where he went for it and where he. Where I mean, he was I'm safe. saying over the course of the season, in spots where a lot of the times people on Twitter are going to be saying no, 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 you're going to say maybe yes, yes, yes. I mean, meaning, do you agree with um, Staley's? Game management generally in a season, the coach of the Chargers, or do you agree more with McCarthy? I think there's got to be somewhere in the middle. There has to be because most, I think they're both extreme. But most, you're right. They are. Well, I don't know if McCarthy. McCarthy's pretty close to Belichick. And and do we believe now because the Pats lost a playoff game and lost decisively that Belichick's been passed by? No, I don't. Because I tell you this. If you look at a time in the middle of this Patriots run when Brady was there, they had like 10 seasons they didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's hard to comprehend, but they won three, and then they had, I think, nine or 10 years, and they didn't, and then they won three in like five years. So we could sit there after almost a decade and say, well, Belichick, it's passed him by. Now, if Belichick didn't have, if he had Mike McCarthy's resume, one Super Bowl. Huh. Okay, how many people, active I, coaches, have one? I get it. It's a short how list. Does, how many does uh, Rodgers have without him? Zero. And how many Super Bowl appearances? Zero. Okay, so is it the regular season or the Super Bowls we're counting? Because McCarthy's been great in the regular season, good in the Super Bowls with one. I'm not sure if it's not his dopey-looking face. He's got a dopey expression. I think Jim Caldwell is the same thing. If Jim Caldwell was like Mike Tomlin in every way, on the, but, but the decisions were identical to Caldwell, who's better? <laughs> I mean, you're right. The the optics do play into your role. It plays a role in what your perception of, a, it looks of like someone he's is. Looking into the middle distance, he's not looking at anything specific. He needs to get. You know what he needs to get, McCarthy. An, an image manager, a makeover. Yes, and you know what? I'll do it for him for free. Oh boy, take I, him to your two hundred dollar haircut guy. Get a, get a laminated. <laughs> get a laminated play sheet. And have a pencil, pencil in your ear. <laughs> I think. I think at that point it works. <laughs> I don't know if his image is necessarily great either, though. Who? Oh, Matt, Matt Patricia. No, that, that's the joke. That's the j- <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are straight out of Vegas. All right, let's do this. We're going to take our first break because the Dallas stuff's going to extend. And after that, here's what I'm going. I'm just going to say it plain. I'm not going to 
make my voice much louder. I'm going to explain to you how Jimmy or Jerry Jones is both a football, brilliant football guy and an idiot football guy. A lot of people say it's his getting too involved is the problem. I'm saying it's not that at all. In one way, Jones has been amazing. In the other way, he's keeping them from a Super Bowl. My favorite teasers are the ones where we say, we're going to tell you why somebody's an idiot. This is actually really exciting. But also, at the same time, brilliant. All right, all right. All that and more coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution in America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at the ups and downs with Jerry Jones as an NFL owner. More than that, in some, this isn't the ups and downs over his career. I'm saying right now, as we sit here on Monday, Jerry Jones is brilliant at one thing and idiotic at the other. And he'll never win a Super Bowl unless he fixes the idiocy. That's within a minute. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. And we're going to keep working extra hard to thank you with our winning and laughter. And oh, by the way, speaking of winning, a nice card. A nice card with our picks under in the Cincy game. Had it the whole time. What were the eight field goals in that game? We got a little <laughs> lucky in that one. But you got to sometimes. 49ers was an easy win, our double best bat. Now, Big Ben Prop, I tell you, he was fighting at the end. I, did we go under or by a smidge, right? I think it went under by a smidge. It was 225. Yeah, we had 230 and a half. Oh, but oh, yeah, okay. So, unfortunately, yes. But I tell you, our handicap was right. I just didn't figure he'd have 100 yards after three quarters. Like the fourth quarter, I we should have probably, but still, all in all, a very nice card, and uh, we'll keep it up. I I might have an early best bet even on before on next week this show. Oh, but at minimum, we're gonna have the preview, obviously, of tonight's game. Um, oh, and you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 62 degrees, neon's pumping. All right, RJ, let's take a look at the Dallas Cowboys. And you teased it, Jerry Jones, where he's an idiot and where he's a genius. Okay. Who is the player personnel guy for the Cowboys? It's the Joneses. Steven, Jerry, yes. Yeah, it's it's a family decision. And my question is, who's got the most talent in the NFL? Who got a franchise quarterback with a fourth-round pick? Now, we can question how franchisee he is, but who? The Joneses. They did. Who has the NFL Rookie of the Year on defense? Cowboys. That most, I mean, maybe the. I mean, let's be candid. That the cornerback. What's he? What year's he in? Second year. Okay, so Diggs. you could make the case. Now, listen. A lot of people are going to question Diggs, saying, "Oh, big plays, interceptions. Those are fluky. Next year, he won't be near as good." Okay, but as of right now, the most productive defensive rookie, Dallas. This, this, the most productive second year player, Dallas on defense. A franchise quarterback that's young. A elite, not only do they have Zeke, who looks to be on the 
downhill. Now, he's not great as a, a contract negotiator either, apparently. <laughs> but I tell you this, when you have Pollard, who's what? A top 10 running back? He's working his way into there, I certainly. I think it, most people think he is already. I mean, And C.D. Lamb, who has a lot of upside still? I mean, listen, the talent evaluation of the Cowboys has been outstanding. Outstanding. Can anyone debate that? Does anyone dare debate that? No, I didn't think silence. Okay. Now, this is the guy in the owner's chair, Jerry Jones, that fired Jimmy Johnson. The greatest turnaround in the history of football comes in. Tom Landry, they, they were they were running on fumes. Let me tell you something. Ran, oh, what was his name? Not Randy White. Uh, who was that quarterback? I hated him. He was a punter first for the Cowboys, and then he was a quarterback. And it was the guy that was after Starback. Drew Danny White. Danny White. You don't remember Danny White? I don't remember Danny. I mean, I know I've heard of Danny White, but Danny I... White. Oh, it was not good. It was not good. And. Obviously, they were horrible at the end. Landry ran his course. Jimmy Johnson comes in. Jerry Jones as the owner. They fire Land- or he fires Landry, and they go on to have two Super Bowls in, in dominating fashion. And even the fumes of that gave a third after he left. Why? Because all he knew was success. He figured it's me. Then it was a long time that he kind of got the hint. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. And then. One of the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Parcells, comes in. And you know what? He gets pushed out. Now, what, what is the unifying, what is the common denominator of these push-outs? And Garrett gets... 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> what, what is the uh, common thread, AJ, in your mind? The common thread is that guys like Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy are going to, t- they're going to toe the company line and do what Jerry says. Mm-hmm. They're going to nod, yes, man. Yes, sir. And Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, quite the opposite. They, they have their own ideas about how things should run. This, to me, quite frankly, is a lot like LeBron James. LeBron gets to decide his coach. And he doesn't like guys that push him or challenge him. Now, as he's moving towards 40, maybe that makes a little more sense. Bill Russell was a player coach at some point at the end, a point at the end. But the fact of the matter is that to be challenged, to be great, it takes someone challenging you, even if you're great already, to be greater. And Phil Jackson, I mean, listen, I know the last dance has become mythology now, but think about it. He wanted to take the shots. He was the best player. He was years past Jordan was being called Jesus on the court, is what Larry Bird said. He goes, who was that, Michael Jordan or Jesus? And this was, I mean, this was in his second year. And then he gets challenged by Jackson, and then he wins six titles. When was LeBron ever with a coach that had an opinion different than LeBron and made it public? David Blatt, right? The guy that was in the Israeli league was the last guy, right? <laughs> I, think so. I think he lasted, what, two weeks? Yeah. Did, okay. Didn't he and Pat Riley bump heads at one point? Well, then he left. Yeah. Right? Because it was about who was going to be on the plane, supposedly. <laughs> so to me, if you look at Jerry Jones, he doesn't want to be challenged by his coach, and he doesn't necessarily want his players challenged by his coach. He's such a player guy. He wants his players happy. And what you see are a bunch of penalties and a bunch of fluky plays that go wrong. Thoughts? Jerry Jones, his comment after the game yesterday was, when you get this combination of players together, you need to have success. And I think that is basically his way of saying, I did my job right. 
at some point somebody else has to do their job too. And he, but I think that's a great analysis. Except he has two jobs and he doesn't know. It. And one of them is who he who he puts in charge of all this great talent that he puts together. And what he what he shows from the top is rest assured. If Belichick was the owner, wasn't coaching. Do you think what kind of coach would he hire? A, a guy that's detail oriented. Sure. And and what would the players think? Oh, if if they go against the coach, who's gonna you know whose side's gonna win? They're gonna think, oh, this coach got authority because Belichick's gonna you know give him authority. To me, it feels like McCarthy is like a substitute teacher that is in a way a surrogate for the principal. He's a surrogate for what Jones wants. He's probably coming back and giving Jones. You know how. In Philly, after Peterson, there was a talk of, oh, they had a weekly meeting with the GM, and that was out of bounds. Right. You think McCarthy has any problem if Jerry Jones calls him at 2.30 in the morning? No. So, and what's funny is, that was the knock when they fired Garrett, was that he, like the, the Cowboys had to make a change because they'd gone with the status quo for too long of someone who would just go along with whatever Jerry wanted. And people thought for about 10 minutes that Mike McCarthy might be different. When? I don't know, but I'm just saying they were like, oh, finally they move take, on from did Jason take a Garrett. Chicken wing from Jerry Jones. I don't know buffet? what, it is. <laughs> but certainly he's no different. It's the same guy, just in a in a different uh, a different with a different face, a different dopey face. Yeah. Well, Garrett didn't have a dopey face. Garrett had <laughs> Garrett had like an Ivy League face. He did have an Ivy League face. I mean, which is a different kind of dopey, right, right. McKenzie? He went to Princeton. He did. Yep. <laughs> oh, is that is that okay? Oh, I was talking about Ivy League dopey faces. No. So, so what what <laughs> it, what is it? It's Harvard, Yale, Princeton, or the A, and no one else is A. Yes. Exactly. The fact that he didn't have to think about it. How many? They were up rolling joints probably in the dorm talking about it. Oh my gosh. We are straight out of Vegas. You know, I got something else to say about that. Why don't you do a little business and then I've got something to say about the uh, that call with 14 seconds at the end of the game. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. You're good at that. Thank you. Some would call me a professional broadcaster. Who? <laughs> I don't have names, just some. <laughs> okay. Now, everyone's down on that call with 14 seconds. I am too. So, let's agree on that. The thing that Belichick understands in the Seattle game in the Super Bowl is an example is you got to plan for the unexpected. You got to plan for imperfection. No one's perfect, right? And the coaches that struggle who are brilliant are the ones that want to micromanage the players. Like I think to be I think McVay has some of that to be honest. He's so smart, he wants the players to be a robot. And that's why he was fan with Jared Goff when he was in his ear. And then they made it where it couldn't be past 15 seconds or whatever. They made a rule change. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Garrett, it was a drop. Let's just say yeah. this. They want robots. Why? Because they're better. If they had the body, they could do it better. Right? Because I think that's true, if you think about it. All right. But here's another point. If you don't... Like, all the blaming after the game... I mean, it was really unprofessional. I mean, it's like they were losing the entire game. The if, fact that it was even a game at the last drive is a testament to how 
what a comeback they made because they were getting blown well, out of the water. You can make the case of mistake from the 49ers. I would there was make that the case. interception. There was the uh, motion penalty on the fourth and in inches or whatever. And maybe some clock mismanagement from Kyle Shanahan. And we can talk about that, but to me, the Dallas got dominated. Right, they got outcoached. They got dominated, and then it became about the end. And then that's all they're talking about. It's a red herring, as they say. It's and and the way they're bl- everyone's pointing blame at other people in a game where they had 18 penalties. I think it was 14 penalties, right? <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. I, I, what I read was 18 penalties. Can you check on that, Mackenzie? Um, 14 penalties. Okay. To me, to me, <laughs> see, Adobe Face made you add four penalties. I know. Too. Well. It's I'm sportingnews.com and he had so four think, penalties. So think about like so think about like this is the idea that if everything goes perfectly, and I thought Colin said it really well today. If everything goes perfectly, that play works. And it's still not necessarily a good play. But if something has to go perfectly and the downside is the game's over. Boy, do you want to roll those dice? Yeah, there's no reason to. Not to mention that they that even if it went perfectly, they would have going to have one throw to the end zone. If they would have went to the sidelines, they would have had two throws, then an end zone throw. So, do you really think one um, quarterback sneak is better than two throws to the sidelines when the throws to the sidelines have very little chance of ending the game unless it's an interception? Whereas the quarterback sneak had about a 30% chance. I mean, if they ran that play 10 times, same scenario, I don't think they execute on it more than half the time. I don't think so. I don't think they get the ball spiked, but maybe two or three times out of 10. Yeah, so somewhere between that, here's what I think is going on. All right. And this is the most insidious thing, the worst thing for the Cowboys. You haven't heard this, AJ. Anywhere. I don't think so. Good. McCarthy is very self-conscious about the assessment of him as a forward thinker. When he had his gap year, what did he do? Supposedly, he was bunkered down with an analytics team. You know, come on. But the fact is, that's probably why he got hired. The guy understands how to play the media. So, what has he been getting criticism for? Being too old school, right? So, what do you do? Well, maybe you try a fake down, fake fourth down play on a punt, but that's not enough. Then you've got some weird kind of you're going to run up to the line with the punt team, right? And try to. And the theory is they were trying to induce a timeout because the other because the theory was that the other team wouldn't, in this case, obviously San Fran would automatically call a timeout because they're seeing something they have no idea. How do we play defense? We're a punt team. It's actually kind of a smart move if you think about it, right? I mean, you're going to kill a timeout from them. Now, I'm not saying it was good or bad, but why did you do something like that? Because you're trying to show that you've got creativity, too. And I wonder, did they do the unconventional thing at the end of the game? Because if it would have worked, you could have said, you know something, guy did something wild. They, they were thinking outside the box there, weren't they? I think he's trying to show off in a in a non-sound way to make it seem like he's not behind the times. I, I think you might be right, but the problem is when it doesn't work out and oh. you, you've got a history of being a dopey coach, it just makes you look more like a dopey coach. I think that's a good point, actually. But I also think that in, if you listen to the press conference, he said, well, the analytics backed it up. 
Now, what, what the hell does that even mean? How do analytics back that play up? Is the question is what I mean? The football consensus is it takes 18 seconds to run that play. They had 14, 18, 14. I don't know. And thus, if anything, fundamental football disagreed with that play. Right? I think Chris Sims was the one that put out that number 18, but saying under all the coaches that was the number. And he was under, you know, Belichick, whatever. So now the question becomes then what analytics is he talking about? An average run play gain versus a pass? I don't even understand. I think you've, point, you've pointed out that there's a lot of dummies out there, what you call uh, half smart math guys, mm-hmm. who will just say that it for, and try to cover it up with every decision they make. They say, well, the analytics agree with it, whether it's true or not. But then when you hear that, you say, well, can I argue with it? Because analytics. Inherently mean First math. All, yeah, well, analytics inherently means numbers. Right. Doesn't even mean, mean math. So the numbers back it up. What numbers? And he could say, well, it's my numbers. My, our analytics agree with that, which you is know, even a, a slippery slope. You know what? And it's a slope that goes in both directions because I want to wonder where some of these numbers come from the math, the quote unquote math guys. All right. But th- let's watch on this. How much of this is about McCarthy wanting to seem like he's not a dinosaur? And once you start being insecure, you start acting. Acting in an unsound way, and I think that's what we saw. I think that plus the culture that Jerry Jones is going to wants a yes man, and he wants a player friendly culture. I'm not sure if Dallas makes the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl, even with Jerry Jones and the amazing talent that he's procured through the draft, not free agency, mostly through the draft and smart trades. All right, when what we're going to do next is we're going to talk about. And this is AJ has a huge take on the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Mackenzie's going to have to cover his ears. A huge flaw in Kyle Shanahan's coaching. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I'm sorry. Jeez, get it right. That's my first name. I know. All right. Back to AJ. Here's the question. You now remember, first cousin here. So, but I know. You're going to say it strong. I know. You really are critical of Shanahan yesterday. It reminded me of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl where you thought, oh, you're, you've got Shanahan this. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Yep. You've got this huge lead. Just run the ball, grind it down. You've got yourself a win. And Kyle Shanahan is a very smart guy. And I think he wants everyone to know exactly how smart he is to the point where he's throwing in situations where basic football strategy of clock management says you should be running the football. And it led Dallas back into a game that they should have never been in. But to be an innovator, you're going to go against basic strategy, right? So let's look at all the fourth downs. Is tomorrow when we're going to dig into all the games deeper? Is we're going to do analysis on on the fourth downs that were a choice, that were a reasonable choice. Meaning, if you're down by eight and there's a minute left, you go for it on every fourth. There's no choice. But with the ones that there was reasonable discretion, how did the teams do? And it's interesting. Let's just say this. But you would agree, in general, there's been a drastic movement, AJ, towards more aggression on fourth down, which, in theory, goes against the standard football 101. Yes. So Shanahan feels like he understands something. Now, why do Shanahan runs the ball a lot, more than any other modern you know, young coach. Don't you think it's about how much the other team tries to stop the run? In a normal game, most teams are in kind of a quasi-nickel now. Most of the time, that's like their base defense. It is for the Bills. What happens? You can run the ball against that in theory. But if the game's a blowout or close to a blowout, the other team is going to 
have more guys in the box trying to stop you running it. So Shanahan throws. Isn't this just about he's going to do what the other team doesn't want him to do? It is, but you still have to take into account that running the ball lets you decide when the clock moves and when it doesn't. And when you are throwing the ball and your quarterback is hobbled with the thumb issue that he had. Well, for it, Hobbled's a little strong. He had a good game. He had a good three quarters. Wow. <laughs> hey, Mackenzie, can you tell your cousin that AJ's available for consultations on game management? <laughs> yes, I will. Okay. You'll do that for free, right? Not for free. For, mm. If for, he wants it free, he'll a, listen to this show. A couple dozen wings, you would Done. <laughs> Done. When we come back, there's a Monday night playoff game, the first ever, and we will have a best bet trying to continue the streaks. That's coming up next. But first, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. And this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever Get your podcast from. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the final wild card game coming up tonight. The Arizona Cardinals, three-point underdogs at the L.A. Rams. Do you like this Monday game? I do like this Monday game. I, I like the idea. I mean, any day that you've got standalone football, I'm for. But not if it's some crappy bowl game. I'll still take that over no football. <laughs> I mean, if I got to actually go somewhere with the wife, I mean, come on. Uh, actually, I am, I'm going to watch the game on record tonight. T- tomorrow's our 15th uh, wedding anniversary. So then what's I got to do with today? I'm going out tonight because we record a podcast on Wednesday, so I'm not trying to stay out late. But Wednesday's the day after. Oh, oh, geez. You got a lot of machinations. Uh, yeah, here. I got to work things. Okay. We, uh, we're going to give a best bet, and you've got a prop you like. The game itself, Arizona, you got to answer the question, is what was the demarcator in the season? That, what's the before and after? Because it may be the second half of the year, and there are stats with Kingsbury, second half of the year, he's worse. Now, why would that be? His teams are worse. Why? Because it's a simple offense. It's modern, but it's simple. And over time, the opponents have more and more film on it. Now, year to year, they make some changes, so it takes a while. But in general, things run its course. Like Chip Kelly, they figured, remember, he won two, 10 games his first two years with Philly without a very good quarterback. I mean, Nick Foles, one of the years, I think, if not both. So 
then the league figured him out, and then he couldn't do anything. He doesn't even get a sniff in the NFL anymore. They haven't figured out Kingsbury yet, but the changes he makes between years tend to get figured out by the midseason. That's part one. Part two is Hopkins. I don't know how much is each, but pretty much mid-year and pretty much when Hopkins went out. And the third factor for Arizona is little Kyler Murray's injury. He got hurt. He missed three games. And... I don't know how to split it up. I'm not sure which ones or what percentage, but I don't know if it matters. The combination of Murray getting hurt, the second half downward trend line, Kingsbury's teams in general, number two, and Hopkins out, number three. This offense is not near as good. Does it matter which of it that it is, which of those it is, or what the splits are? Because I'm not sure any of them gets fixed. I know Hopkins isn't coming back. Nope. Unless Murray's gotten real healthy, I don't know. Thoughts? No, I agree with you. I think it's a combination of those things. I also think the defense has gotten worse as the season's gone on, too, and that's not helping out the offense. J.J. Well, Watt was activated today, but you being a Houston guy uh, for a long time, you understand he's gutsy coming back, but when he comes back, oftentimes he's not—he's not what he is at his peak. And at his age he's now, probably, yeah, he's probably never going to be what he is at his peak again. And, and he gets credit for coming back, sure. But we can't assume it's going to be the good guy. Now, on the other hand, or the good version. On the other hand, for the Rams, we got a lot of stats with Stafford that says he's ended the year poorly, and he's never done well in playoffs. Owen three, never done well against playoff teams, even. Yeah. Yeah, Stafford is clearly on the decline as the season goes on. Much like you said, the the Arizona Cardinals offense, he's been a downside too, mostly because of turnovers. A lot of the the you know numbers that we talk about, Matt Stat Padford or whatever, mm -hmm. those are still good. It's just those interceptions keep popping up, and more at the end of the year. Yeah, he's been very sloppy with the ball the last several games. Now we've been red hot. And we're going to have a best bat coming up. And this is how hot we've been. A score like this happens once in a lifetime. Got to make this work for us. Out in the open, legit. But a nice IPO. Keep it spinning. Live off the juice. But we can't do that, AJ, if you don't win this one. Oh, it's Go. a lot of pressure. Matt Stafford, who we just talked about, over 274 and a half passing yards. He's averaged 287 this year, and obviously his second half struggles are well known. He still broke that number four of the last eight games and went over both games against the Cardinals. His second matchup with the Cardinals, the second half matchup, was his best PFF game of the season, his best QBR and passer rating game of the second half. And one thing about the Rams, they are going to pass regardless of game script. Regardless of whether they're up or down in the game, they're going to be throwing the ball. Matt Stafford over 274 and a half passing yards. Now, right off, I don't like it. I know. Because Barney at the bar likes it. Yes. I, Barney at the bar is mostly preoccupied with Cooper Cup overs right now. Well, maybe. But now, another thing to think about, I like it for the following reason, is if the Rams are in control of the game. They're going to want to get Stafford rolling. I think they're going to want to put up a big number. See, look, 330. So, that makes me kind of like it. But also, I think McVay knows he maybe put Stafford into some tough spots by throwing too much. Maybe they run a lot. This is going to be interesting. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So, next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution and America's number one battery destination. Okay, so... What is the exact updated to the second number, McKenzie? And give me the total, too. The Rams are favored by three, got to lay 120. The total is 49. All right, so it's three with some extra vig. 
You know something? If I had to play this game, forced lean, forced, I'm not betting it. I'm going with the Rams. Same question for you, AJ. It's the Rams. McVay 9-1 and one against Arizona since he's been there. Well, I mean, that's very important, those games before. You know, I don't know. But, but on the other hand, you could say they played twice this year, and the Cardinals dominated the first game. Yeah. But that was before the halfway mark of the year. If this was then... Yes, I'd go with Arizona, but it's now, and thus I'm going as a lean with the Rams. You've got your best bet on Stafford over passing yards. Of the four units on the field, the one unit that I feel absolutely best about is the Rams' defense. I don't feel great about the Cardinals' offense or defense. The Rams' defense I feel solid about. If you missed any of today's show, including... A breakdown of how Jerry Jones is both brilliant and stupid. I loved it. Check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. And we're going to have a chance to dig into these other games games and dig into some macro playoff issues. He is RJ Bell. I am AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.